0: This Week in Sparkling Water. My name is Iwaki Maxon, and I'm the host of This Week in Sparkling Water. So, I've had these episodes, I've had these two and a half hour episodes recently, so I think it's okay that I sit down here and and don't have anything. And this can just be a short episode, so maybe we just start with some water. So today we're doing some basic citrus stuff. Crystal geyser, the most mainstream, low-key... Mainstream low-key water. I just what just caught my eye there and made me stop is that the bottle says twenty-five percent more than a one-liter bottle. It's very funny (laughs) because you could say that about anything. Like you could, it's one point twenty-five liters. Like any amount is twenty-five percent more than any and than some other amount. So this is lime flavored sparkling water from Crystal Geyser. Let's just, let's just open this bottle and let's smell it. And sometimes we got to slow it down and focus our minds so that when we want to say smell it, we say smell it because for some reason we always accidentally say, let's taste it. And then we smell it and then we realize that we used the wrong word. And then so that smells like, Oh Jesus, it's bubbling out of the bottle. It got on the floor. That smells like Sprite. Oh my god, I got it all over me. Why is this so bubbly? (laughs) What is happening? This is like a bottle of champagne. Okay, so that almost never happens. That is some of the most aggressive bubbles we've ever seen over here. Yeah, that's fresh. Lime. Lime is underrated. It's easy to take lime for granted. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's just a regular old 8 out of 10. Very nice. Um, here's a micro thing I was thinking about yesterday. So I was trying to do some shopping on the internet, trying to buy a shirt, trying to buy some pots and pans, because I got a little bit of an induction stovetop situation, and some of my big old nice p- pots and pans don't work, so... Got to get some new stuff going. Um, There's this weird thing. There's weird feeling with internet shopping where it... um, How do I describe this? There's something about how the internet feels infinitely large. So when I sit down to shop, I don't just want to buy something that looks good enough. And my mind wants... My mind... Like if I was in a store... And I walked up to the section of the store with the pots and pans. I'd like look at it. And part of my mind would be like, if I don't see something I love, I might be like, I'll go to a different store. But if I see something that's like good enough, and I'm looking at the different options in the store, I'll just pick the one that's good enough. And I'll be like, okay, 18 bucks for for a saucepan. Looks good. Nice lid. Hold it in my hand. All right, let's go. I got it. That one. But there's something about the internet where you see something that's good enough. And then there's this voice in my head where I'm like, but this is the internet. On the internet, there's literally a boundless amount of stuff. With the internet, we can demand perfection because there's infinite. Like whatever you can imagine, you can probably buy on the internet. It's literally like you don't want to be constrained by... The things you've already seen. Like if you can think of something that's a little bit better than what you've already seen, and you Google it, it's out there, you know, someone thought of it. You know, you want like a pot with a steamer insert, and a lid, but you want it to be like a big pot, like for spaghetti, and then you want two steamer inserts. And then you want the whole thing to have a nice color, like whatever you can imagine. It's on there. And then the thing is that it's not that <laughs> it's not that easy to find though. And then in the end I find myself getting stuck and spending like 3 hours trying to buy a saucepan. And it's like super stressful for some reason. Like for some reason it's super uncomfortable and I spend my entire day off afternoon trying to buy a saucepan and I wish I was just at Target where I could just hold the different three options and be like, yeah, this is the best of these three. But there's something about the infinity of choice. And then it made me think of these memes about how women make fun of men for... Spending all afternoon reading reviews about saucepans to get the best saucepan in the whole world. And they can't just buy one. And then I'm like, why is this gendered? It's very confusing to me why it's gendered. Like, why are women better at just grabbing one? Even though it's Amazon. There's a fellow with some power tools outside building a deck. So this is going to be a noisy episode. But yeah, I got some surge protectors. I got a big pot for spaghetti. I got a little pot for sauce. But a bunch of shit took all afternoon. What bothers me about it is that I don't want. I don't want to spend all day on it. I want to spend like 30 minutes on Internet shopping and get and have a list and just get the stuff. It's very strange, like, you, you compare it in your mind, like, oh, either I could just buy it online real quick, or I could, like, drive all the way to the store and get the saucepan and drive home. And it seems so preposterous that it would take longer to buy it on the internet, but it takes 10 times longer to buy it on the internet. It takes literally six hours. All right, let's buy, an, let's buy another water with my nose here. So this is Arrowhead. This is another normie water. Total normie stuff. Flavor? Zesty Lime. See, that's that's like me. It's like they asked me. It's like they got some some guy on salary and it's his job to to not just name it Lime. So he names it Zesty Lime. That's how I talk. And that makes me depressed somehow. But I think it just makes me feel depressed because I didn't sleep enough last night. Ooh, that's much lighter. Ooh, that's even better. Ooh, Arrowhead Zesty Lime. That's a nine. That's just so good. Oh, man. (sighs) Yeah. I don't know. So I did one week now of my new job, same workplace. New position, got a promotion. Now I'm not on the floor. I'm not a server. I'm just like a salaried manager. And it's very much a job of what you would expect, where it's like, I don't actually do anything. I just keep an eye on everything and make sure everyone else is doing stuff. And then if something's not getting done, I might have to do it. But it's like so abstract. <clears throat> getting paid just to be responsible. It's very abstract. It's very different than getting paid to lift something heavy. But it was tiring because it was a lot of hours. And then on Tuesday, I made the extra super short to um not have any plans yesterday. And I just... <sighs> Had a little bit of Z quil at three AM and then I was real tired and I slept till two PM. Which can only happen when you're when you push yourself kinda hard. I slept till two PM and I made sure not to have anything going on. And uh I made I did this thing where I watched T V for the first time like a month and a half. Since I moved in here, I've literally only turned the TV on once before and it was to watch the movie Inception. And now I turned the TV on again and I watched the new Nathan Fielder show called, um, The Rehearsal. And it's, I, I knew I, I knew I was going to love it and I loved it. It's so funny and predictable because I just have a soft spot for stuff that's like, confusing and surreal, like stuff that's trying to be creative in a confusing and surreal way, where you play with the fourth wall, I just you, it doesn't even have to mean anything. I just love it. Like movies like Synecdoche, New York, or The Lobster, where they just do it different. Like Synecdoche, New York, where there's like, it's a play. But then they make a play about the experience of making a play. And then they keep falling back one step and hiring actors to play the people that were in the last scene. And the rehearsal is very similar to that. It's like Nathan Fielder puts up an ad on the internet saying, hey, you you got something you're afraid of telling someone? And then some guy submits a video and says, yeah, I'm afraid of telling people the truth about this thing. And then they come to his house and they're like, so we're going to have you rehearse it. And then they have this big conversation about how we're going to make a, a live replica of, of the thing you're afraid of saying, the space you're going to say it in and we're going to rehearse it. And then five minutes in, they just fall back one level and they're like, and I've rehearsed this conversation a bunch. And, and then suddenly it it turns into this rehearsal of him explaining the rehearsal and, it's, and then it just keeps going like that, keeps falling back one level. And I don't know why I find that feeling so pleasant. It's something similar to meditation where it's like, normally in life, you're just in the story of your life. And then the act of meditation is to fall back and just observe how your life is really just in your mind on this screen, and the sounds, God, I really hate this fucking podcast episode so far, episode one o four. I really don't like what where this is going, but but yeah i I don't know I'm just sitting here, listening to the the man with the power tools outside, building a deck, yeah, and then so. I cannot for the life of me remember if I talked about this the first half of this already on the podcast, but let's just recap that Noah's mom, Noah the busser at work, his mom came in and I think I talked about this. His mom came in and she was really nice and and she was like, Noah talks about you all the time and then I didn't want to talk about, how I didn't want to tell her, yeah, I talk about Noah all the time too. I love that guy. Always talk about him on my podcast. My girlfriend knows everything about Noah. And I didn't say that to her. Instead, when she was like, he talks about you all the time, I just nodded and smiled like, like I was better than that. Like I, like I wasn't exactly like Noah. And then, and then, and then Noah texted me two days ago and he's like, I started a podcast. And he's asking me all these questions about how to do it, because he just recorded two and a half hours of himself talking on his laptop, which is 99% of the problem, uh, process. The, the rest is really just press upload, just finding the upload button is the last percent. But, so then he's like, you should be a guest on my podcast. And then immediately I had just watched the rehearsal. So then in my mind, I'm like, how can I make this, how can we break the fourth wall here? But we're already in reality. So I don't know that it's possible. The only way to break the fourth wall is to invent the walls first. Like if you just... You can't start with nothing and break the fourth wall. You have to have convention to break convention. Like you have to first spend some time building up norms and expectations to go against those expectations. You have to build up some sort of convention before you can break it. Let's review another water. So this is Arrowhead Lemon. We're doing some normal citrus stuff. Mmm. Yum. Sparkling water. Now nah, that sucks. Actually, these Arrowheads... Nah, nah, it doesn't suck. That's good. They're actually... They have this... Whatever they use to stabilize the citrus, they, it has a, a, a respectable metallic quality. Metallic sounds bad, but it's actually kind of nice and it reminds me of the, all the different Swedish sparkling waters. These arrowheads, actually, you could blind taste me and, and, and I would think that I'm drinking Raumlase. And that is a compliment if I ever saw one. Um, so <clears throat> here's something else. Um, Um, Julie, whose name I'm not allowed to say on the podcast, actually, uh, an an anonymous person I'm meant to say, sent me a article, L.com, the magazine L. Um, and the headline is Rihanna stopped to help restaurant staff clean up after girls night out. So Rihanna went to a, um, Michelin star restaurant in New York city called Caviar Roos and Rihanna's a billionaire, and they usually close at midnight, but she, they stayed up until 2 a.m. for her. And she had sashimi and champagne. And then at the end of it, <laughs> actually, she helped clean up. But really, the, here's the one sentence that they have. This is the one quote. The entire article is built around one quote. As the night wrapped up, she was, quote, seen helping the waitstaff clean up and push the bar stools back into place since they stayed up so late, end quote. That's the entire quote. The whole article is built around this one quote, which is funny and weak. Weak sauce, flimsy, so flimsy, but also pushing a bar stool back into place. It's funny for that to be the description because really... You could also say that like when you sit down at a bar, you pull the bar stool out to sit down. And then when you get up, you might even without noticing your hand might just automatically push the bar stool back into place. Like that, it, including that into thinking of that as something that's like helping someone in a big way is a little bit funny, but we could also interpret it as. She pushed a bunch of bar stools. Yeah, you know, who knows? But it's nice. And then so Julie sent me this, okay, anonymous person sent me this article and was like, hey, did Mac DeMarco do this? Did Mac DeMiller do this? And it's so funny because I recorded an episode about Mac DeMarco visiting Holbrook and I talked for like an hour and I thought I was, I tried to say every single thing that I thought was interesting about the experience in one episode, and I failed because I forgot this one super interesting thing, which is that they came in, There were a table of 12, this is something I talked about for like 30 minutes on the episode, so let's not linger on that part, but first of all, it's ver- the times are very similar because we close at midnight normally, and they stayed until 2 a.m., the first night when they came, which is exactly like in the Rihanna article, which is like, oh, okay, that's a, that's a funny similarity. But that's not what I was talking about. The next day they came in, they had a table of 12, and then they just lingered after finishing dinner, which is completely fine because we're open. So you can just linger for an hour and I'll just be in the other room and maybe I'll drop off some extra water carafes if you all just want to drink some water. But they just, they just chilled an hour after having paid their check, which is like a total... Not a bad thing to do in any way because we're just working in the other... They just were sitting in this sort of private dining room doing that. But then when I come in, about an hour after they pay the check, they're all standing up and they're about to leave. And then when I come in there, they had done something that I have never seen ever before, which is very similar to the Rihanna thing, which is that somehow... One of these OCD sort of like tour manager women that organized shit with him had done this weird thing where they took every single piece of cutlery, silverware, flatware, and every all the plates and all the glassware, and they organized all of it. Like they took all the fucking 10 wine glasses that are on the table and put them on one end of the table in a perfect square. And then they took all the water glasses – and put all of those in a perfect rectangle. And then took all the plates, stacking them by type in the middle of the table. And they just organized everything on the table. Like I'm, like people will, guests will quite frequently, when they are nervous. It's so funny how it goes together with a nervous disposition. Where people, an, an anxious people pleaser disposition will make white American people who feel bad about, like, it's upper middle class tech people who feel bad about being waited on and they're neurotic. They will take all the plates on the entire table and stack them. So the biggest plate at the bottom and then the medium sized plates stacked in the middle and then the small plates stacked on top. So it's just one su- super huge stack. And then, They are all anxious and they don't want to be a bother, so they do that. And then when you come to pick it up, they're like, is it okay that we did that? And then they're all worried that that breaks some sort of norm or rule. And it's like, bro, it's fine. Like, the only (laughs) shitty thing about it is that it highlights how the server didn't do their job properly. Because really, if the server did their job properly, as soon as... It was time to get plates out of the way their server would be there immediately and grab all the plates. So the fact that you had time to stack everything like, like this means that too much time passed between the moment when it became appropriate to grab plates and the moment when you showed up to grab plates. Like you, you the, it means that you're a little bit late to the party here as a server. So the only way it's bad is how you're highlighting that the server is doing a shitty job. But assume, assuming that you have a server who's not too worried about it and assuming that you're not. Um, really giving him a hard time about not doing his job, you're fine. You can do that. And then the only problem with it other than that is that when guests do the stacking, they will do it shitty sometimes. And so they stack a bunch of plates for you, and then you go to grab the plates. And then they're built like a fucking Jenga tower and there's a bunch of forks under some plates and it's all stacked in one lopsided way. So when you pick it up, it just immediately falls apart and shit just falls everywhere. Even though you just grabbed the thing and picked it straight up because they just stacked it in a way where it was like a fucking booby trap and it was going to fall apart. Like that's the only, the only issue, the only other issue with it is that you shouldn't be stacking because you're not a professional and you don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to stack plates, but really, you can stack plates quite well. It's really just like when the fork business when the fork business is involved, shit might go really shit might go south immediately. So yeah. So I come in an hour after Mac DeMarco paid his check, and they're all standing up. So I just pass through there, just seeing that everything is fine. And then I look at this table and it's like it's crazy looking because it's so symmetrical it's all these perfect geometric shapes like all the things are spaced out perfectly and everything is organized by type and they're imagining that it's easier to bust the table if it's all organized by type and they're a little bit right but you know Johnny does a good job over here. So there's not a ton of plateware on the table because the plateware is really supposed to be bust, pre-bust before you drop the check. Now there's a plate or two because they had to assert that they were still chilling on when they were asking for a check. But like, um, it's just funny to me that anonymous person sent me that Rihanna article and then that made me think of how out of thousands of tables over the years, you think, it seems absurd to imagine that a fam- just because you're famous, you you thought of something differently and did it differently than other people. But in this case, they just did. It was a famous person, and he just literally took the format that everyone is in. Everyone is in the same format. All people go to a restaurant and sit down at, the, at a table, and you bring them food on plates, and the format is always the exact same. And then this famous person miraculously comes up with a new way to interact with the format. And it's it's because we have norms and it's because it's been done a thousand times and you expect it to you you give you you have a table of twelve and they all order wine, so you bring twelve glasses of wine in there and then as they're leaving, those twelve glasses of wine are empty and scattered. Across the table, and you've seen them scattered in an asymmetrical way a thousand times. So when you come in and they're all gathered in a perfect rectangle, arranged neatly, it's the breaking of convention there that makes it so surprising. So that brings me back to the Noah thing. What is the expectation? This episode is so boring. This is really difficult. I don't know what to do with this. Am I allowed to just be boring? And the answer kind of is no. The expected answer is no. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's my way of breaking convention, huh? The convention is that entertainment has to be entertaining. And then here we're going to break convention and make some really, really not entertaining entertainment. <sighs> wow, such a genius over here. That's great. Six hours of sleep. Really horrible week, actually, for other reasons. Had a friend that's really upset with me. Feel so bad about feel so bad about a thing there. Anyway, I give up. This didn't work. I hope no one's listening.